0: All right, everyone, welcome to a special lottery episode. Um, today is, well, we're filming this right after the lottery, and what the hell just happened? Boys. I am
1: fired up, man. I am fired up right now.
0: Boys, we're going to have an angry night Worst of podcasting. Worst lottery ever.
1: Yes, we may no. have won two of the last three lotteries. I do not care. I, I am man. allowed to be fired up.
0: Yeah, Twitter's freaking out. I, oh, hey, listen, I, I'm okay with losing it, but I'm just absolutely... Angered, angered about the that fact that a playoff or a play-in team is going to have a chance but we'll get more into that in a yeah. bit so uh i think yeah. i think i
2: wanted this way more hype than i should have been
0: <laughs> yeah it happens to the best of us but i'm james we got chris and corey here normal crew um this What's is up, dude? yeah this is episode five <laughs> we got to do it jersey number five devil's history
1: chris uh, i'm gonna go with colin white the obvious That's a good one
0: all right, stole mine. Stole mine. All right, I'm gonna go a little, uh, little uh, senior than Colin White. Um, Adam Larson. Uh, oh, I love okay. Adam Larson when he was right. here. Corey, yeah. let's hear an old timer. What you got for us? I
2: I, 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 had Colin White. I can't think of anybody else. Like Colin White is just that staple number five with the team. Like I can't think of anybody else besides him. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, uh, nobody
2: that stands out.
0: I was no. gonna
1: say maybe Tommy Albaline, but he might have been like two or something
0: that beats me what number he, he was is on the but, 95 um,
1: team i'm pretty sure but <laughs> yeah, all right what
0: so we'll we run down what we're going to be talking about tonight we're going to give our uh, rapid reactions talk a little bit about the horrendous lie results um i'm going to have a prospect corner three prospects for you that's moved up a little tonight it'll fit into the flow you guys will see why we're going to talk about how the devil should approach the draft um we're going to have a little debate on alexander holtz or lucas raymond We'll get a little current news thrown at you. Corey will have his uh, staple donuts and dynasty segment. Going to be a little draft slash lottery related for you. Um, keep on with the the trend. Um, got a mailbag, a few questions that you guys wrote in. Thanks for thanks for the activeness. It's good to see you guys asking us some questions. And lastly, we're going to talk about some pending Devils free agents. So kind of got our rapid reactions when we first hopped on here, but. Yeah, lottery tonight, no bueno. If you saw it, um, you all probably saw what happens. I'll give you the results real quick right now. The Buffalo Sabres moved back one spot, and they're at eight. The Devils, our New Jersey Devils, moved back one spot. They're at seven, which to me, I'm not too upset about. A little disappointed, but you got to see it coming after all the luck we've had. I'm sure you guys are the same. Seven i yeah, disappointed oh, it's okay. we fell
1: a spot, but it's not what makes me upset.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, six, yeah. we got the Ducks, who also moved back one spot. Now, the Sens moved back – but it was their own pick, so technically they moved back like three spots here, correct? Yeah, they moved back yeah, three Yeah, they spots. had the
1: second and the third going in.
0: Yep, and then Detroit, talked about getting a short end of the stick. If anyone's the most upset tonight, it's got to be Detroit. I mean, what was their record this year? It was one of the worst seasons that an NHL team's ever put together, and they move all the way down to four. They dropped all three.
1: Yeah, after a solid 20 years, they are uh, not having some great luck. Not having no. great luck at all.
0: <laughs> the second most upset people about this whole night's probably the San Jose Sharks who traded their pick to Ottawa in the Eric Carlson trade and saw the Sens land the third overall pick with their pick so the Sens are picking three and five that they're gonna load their system up pretty quick Um, good for Ottawa fans I don't have any gripes against them I don't know about you guys but um, the Kings moved up to second uh they have one of the best systems minor league systems in the whole entire league and it's just going to keep on getting better uh, great luck for the kings there and number one is to be determined it's, it's one of those teams that are going to be a playoff uh lose their playing game how about that we that's have a phase two up.
1: ladies and gentlemen
0: <laughs> yeah so how that's going to work is phase two I, I don't even know how that's going to work when phase two is going to be but it's going to be after the playing games so you're going to see the playing games, and I'll read you the matchups one more time, real quickly. It's going to be Pitt versus Montreal, Carolina versus New York, the Islanders versus Florida, and Toronto versus Columbus in the East, and then Edmonton versus Chicago, Nashville oh versus gosh. Arizona, Vancouver versus Minnesota, and Calgary versus Winnipeg in the West. So the eight mm. eight teams. What? uh the eight teams (laughs) that lose between the east and west are going to be put in a lottery phase through the lottery after the playing games take place play-in series take place and they each get a 12.5 percent at this first overall pick Uh, now you look at that list what happens if a team like pittsburgh gets bounces bounced in the first round they come back and win the lottery with 12.5 percent they'll be just mayhem on hockey twitter i I was
1: just remembering in my head that i have chicago upsetting edmonton in the first round so i'm just thinking oh wow edmonton what if they win again that's okay (laughs) i mean i'm I'm
0: cool with that i'm cool if anyone out west wins it besides arizona um but i mean taylor hall you gotta be kidding me this man like just imagine how perfect it would be if arizona wins the lottery (laughs) I mean, people I mean are gonna if it gets throwing, him to
1: resign, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm cool with that. <laughs> teams, teams like the Anaheim Ducks are going
0: to be throwing $15 million at Taylor Hall next year in free agency just to get him there so they could get the first <laughs> overall pick after being that bad. I mean, basically. Jesus. But um, who else would be crazy um, seeing that? I mean, the New York Rangers, if they get the first overall pick, I think, that, <sighs> I, I think that's the most likely scenario just because, you know, as Devils fans, we love. So we love seeing that type of stuff, but um, ah. Toronto, I mean, the NHL, if you want to say this is rigged, a uh, very rigged winner would be Toronto. Imagine Alexius Lafayette playing alongside Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. But that's of course, if they lose to Columbus. Yeah. All right. So Chris, for you, who would you least want to see win the draft lottery out of the teams?
1: Well, um, it's got to be the Rangers, but, uh, yeah. but I mean, they're, they're definitely one of them, but they're not uh, they're not a team that I think would have made the playoffs. I think they would have pushed for it. But if the season had continued, I don't think they would have made it. I um, totally agree
0: with you, but screw the Rangers, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> I, I'd be more annoyed with a team like Pittsburgh, one that was clearly going to make the playoffs. And now they have a chance to go number one like yeah. that. That would be the ultimate just most annoying possible situation.
0: Corey, how about you?
2: Oh, I'm kind of in agreement with Chris. I'd, I'd be on Pittsburgh. Like I'd be annoyed to see that for sure, for basically the same reasons. But I think I'd also be pretty pretty annoyed to see a team like Edmonton get it too, and just because of you know that their luck in the past and the current team that they have going right now.
0: Yeah, yeah for, I mean. me it's, for me, it's definitely the Rangers. I do not want to see the Rangers. And mm-hmm. I don't want to see any of the Canadian teams it, get it because Canadian hockey fans are just the absolute worst. No offense. If you're a Canadian hockey fan, you're listening to this. I think <laughs> they're that, passionate. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're passionate. You know, you know, you know um, no. that's the kind of way to put it. But, um. It's a way of life. <laughs> but um, another one for me would – I just don't. The Islanders too. I'm not a fan of the – Yeah, they're all uh, dynamics.
1: Well, basically, um, any team that I figured would have made the playoffs that now has a chance of picking number one is where I'm going to get real agitated. That's yeah, basically I, it.
2: I'm just going to say any team in the Metro
0: that's in the playoffs right now. Well,
2: yeah, for sure, I yeah.
0: Mean, for maybe, <laughs> All right, so let's bring it to this. Out of all the teams, which team would you want to say it? Or like not a single, maybe a single team if you have a single team in mind.
1: Who would I want to win it? Yeah. Um, they got to be out west. Correct. Um, I think
0: we're all in agreement there.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's
0: how you feel about the Arizona pick. And we'll talk about this more, but Smashville. Now, what you would want them to say, you would yeah, want to see be Nashville fun. Get it? that'd be
1: fun to see Smashville get it. Yeah. Although again, that falls into that territory of, I think uh, they were at least competing for a playoff spot. I can't remember if they were a wild card or not.
0: Yeah. For me, I'd like to see like Minnesota get it. I mean, the, yeah, they have true, great true. fans up there mm-hmm. and they haven't State seen glory. Yeah. They have great fans up there. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they me have they have an all flow it.
1: hockey team. Uh, we yeah. need more of that around the country.
0: But yeah, definitely someone out west. That's who I want to say. Um, Corey, you have any opinions on this, or just Sam? Where you yeah. saying you want yeah, someone I out Yeah, I
2: mean west. N- Nashville, preferably. But besides them, possibly Carolina.
0: Carolina, man, they're in the East.
2: <sighs>
0: we and what yeah, they've done in the Devils in the past? Why <laughs> you want them? to we,
1: there? They're they're kind of the thorn in our side a little bit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I got, I got a special place in my heart for Carolina just because they have the affiliation at Albany for
0: four years. So. All right. That's fair enough. Um, all right. Yeah. So I'll talk about this real quick. And t- uh, you guys have any, any more rapid reactions, anything you want to say on this terrible draft lawyer that has hockey Twitter and uh, up in arms. Hash- <laughs> hashtag disappointment.
1: Yeah. All right. I think uh, it, i liked like their approach when they came out with the cards, they just automatically set, Twitter on fire just they, they just set hockey Twitter on fire before they started announcing the cards they're like so yeah we have eight cards here instead of seven uh, which means that a playing team oh, like they announced it right off the bat I'm like oh god we're already not off to a good start <laughs> oh, I, I, god. I
2: like how I like how fast they got it done and over with just because of, with everything going on right now because you remember in, in like past years they get all the GM's sitting there together in the room you got the camera panning in on their faces talking about each GM and the players and everything like that take you forever to get to the eventual lottery tonight it was just like oh here's to do with the cards here's the cards here's the selections we're done
0: <laughs> i cringed when they showed the uh, when they showed uh poor y- right yeah 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 i was like oh man i felt bad but all right we're gonna move on to uh actually before we move on to my prospect corner i'm gonna talk about a few prospects i want to mention and we'll talk more about this Devils fans, we still don't know what's going to happen with the Arizona Coyotes pick because if they lose the play-in game and they're entered into that phase two draft, Larry, and at 12.5% of moving to the first overall pick, if Taylor Hall's magic brings them to the first overall pick, the Devils will now be receiving their 20, 2021 unprotected first round pick, which may or may not be a good thing. Um, yeah. I mean, if me, they get Hall to
1: resign somehow.
0: Because yeah, of that, but that'd be even, great. even if they don't, if Hall, I don't, I don't know how good Arizona is going to be next year. I don't know if they could be as reliant on goaltending as they were this year again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be too disappointed, but that's something you definitely have to watch for. So Devils fans will definitely be tuned in to phase two if the Coyotes lose their playing game. If they win their playing, playing game, this all means nothing. And the Devils get their pick because they're not going to be a lottery team. But um, yeah, that's something you guys have to watch for phase two. But all right, moving on. Segment number two, my prospect corner, I'm going to talk about three prospects, Yaroslav Askarov, Lukas Raymond, and Tim Stutzel. After I talk about these three, I've talked about all the top 11 players in my rankings, um, so which will be good for the team this episode as we're going to get into who we want to see the Devils take. This is going to be a real draft talk heavy episode, so. I'll get started with Yaroslav Askarov. He's uh, the, a goaltender prospect, only 17 years old, very young uh, Russian. See more of these Russian prospects every year, especially the goaltender ones and how great they are. And Askarov is by far the, great, uh, the greatest goaltender prospect in this draft and one of the best goaltending prospects, probably the best one since Carey Price um, came up. I'll talk more about goalies in a second. So Askarov's listed as six foot three. He has good height to him, but he's only 176 pounds. Keep in mind, he's only 17 years old. He's played his whole junior career in his home place of Russia. He's played in the VHL, MHL, and KHL. VHL is the AHL equivalent of the Russian Hockey League system. So that's your minor league hockey. The MHL is your junior hockey league equivalent. So that's your young kids, and that's what a guy like Askarov started out in. And the KHL, of course, as you guys all know, is their top league the equivalent to the NHL. It's, it's a pretty good professional league. It's one of the best in the, um, in the world. Askarov's in the St. Petersburg system, and St. Petersburg is usually one of the top systems in all of Russia. They're always competing every year. So the first year that Askarov was in the MHL, which is a Russian top junior league, he contributed 9-2-1 save percentage, great save percentage. And he did this as a 16-year-old, which is great. Asperov, this year, played 18 games in the VHL. As I said, this is the minor league equivalent, the AHL equivalent in the Russian Hockey League system. As only a 17-year-old, so he's playing against men. As a 17-year-old, he totaled a 12-3 record and 920 save percentage, great numbers. This is where he was for the majority of the season. He only had one KHL start, and this is where he'll play next year as a KHL. I'm almost 100% certain. And in this one start, he made 23 saves on 25 shots and in a win. Askarov also has played internationally. He played in the Holenka Gretzky Cup, where he won a gold medal at Russia, and he also played in the 2020 World Juniors, where they won the silver medal versus Team Canada. So Askarov's strength as a netminder is his lateral movement. He's extremely quick in between the pipes. He can get to one side and the other with no problem. His glove is is absolutely insane. Um, Look up Yaroslav Askarov highlights on Twitter, and all you'll see is him making flashy glove saves. It's crazy. And this is – his glove so good um, thanks to a great combination of quick reflexes and also great vision, seeing through screens and all that good stuff. Weaknesses is he doesn't have many. He's he's a really polished prospect for only being 17 years old. But he does get a little over-reliant on that glove since it's so good. And that could hurt him a little bit. Um, but if you watch the tape, I would be over-reliant on a glove too if it was that good. But, um, yeah, that could hurt him sometimes. Only 106, 76 pounds is a little nitpicky because he is only 17 years old. But um, he'll definitely fill out, but he definitely wants to bulk up a little bit more. Like I said, by far the best goaltending prospect in the draft. And also since Carey Price, who is the fifth overall pick back in 2005-ish, maybe? Mm-hmm. His fourth overall pick. I'm not really sure. I got to get a fact check on that. But I think it was around 2005. As I was saying before, Russia is just churning out these great Um, goaltending prospects. You got Ilya Sorokin, which is the Islander system they're trying to bring over, who's great, and Shesterkin, who is that Rangers goaltender who's going to be playing a lot now. He's in the NHL. He's shown he's going to be a really solid player. And basically for Ascroft, where he gets drafted, he's going to come come down to that stigma around first-round netminders. And we're going to get big into this later on, so I won't mention much here. But there's a stigma around drafting goaltenders early and rightfully so. Like I said, we'll talk about more on this later down the road for me he's a borderline top 10 pick don't be surprised if he maybe finds himself in that ninth to tenth area i can see the wild on the blackhawks um targeting him maybe the devils i don't know their plans i hope not but we'll get more on that next prospect lucas raymond um get into him we'll talk more about him later as well He's actually the first prospect I studied in the very beginning, and this was at the end of April, so I've changed my opinion on him a few times. He's a Swedish left winger, listed at 5'10", 165 pounds. He played his whole career in Sweden, and this was mostly with the Frolanda HC um, within their system. He played for both the Super Elite, which is the top junior league in Sweden, as well as the SHL, the top Swedish professional league. And their, the SHL is probably the second best professional hockey league behind the NHL. The KHLs are very close to them, but the SHL is just a terrific league. Um, and this, he did this, he followed in his footsteps as his fellow countryman, Alexander Holtz, who um, we'll have a segment on. In nine super League games this year, he started out there, he dominated with 14 points, three goals and 11 assists. And like I said, that was only in nine games. He got moved up to the SHL where he played with Furlunda and in 33 games, he only had 10 points. But keep in mind, this was an extremely limited role. The man barely played 10 minutes on any given night. So you're going to see less points. Um, in total, he had 62 points in 54 career Super League games, which is fine production. Um, solid. Strengths, he's an all around player. His offensive skills focused around his playmaking ability. Very solid. His great vision and tremendous hockey IQ. His skating ability is one of the best in the whole entire draft. He's so smooth skating. And this helps him a lot defensively as he is also sound in this area of the ice weaknesses. He needs to put on more strength. He's only 165 pounds and watching him play. He can be successful to getting knocked off the puck and some big hits. His production, in the SHL was low, as I mentioned, but keep in mind, he's playing against men and he also didn't play a lot. Also his shot is by no means bad, but his pass first mentality sometimes hurts it and he doesn't get to show it off as much and for me he projects as a versatile two-way playmaking top six winger people either love this guy or are okay with him. a lot of people have him as high as third on their board and that's is in front of tim stutzel or quentin byfield sitting at three which i think is pretty crazy right now i have him at five
3: mm-hmm.
0: okay last prospect i'm gonna throw at you and this is tim stutzel um we've seen a tim stutzel and quentin byfield um little debate bait popping up all over twitter recently so uh stutzel is a german-born left wing who could also play center if needs to be he's listed at six foot 187 pounds and he's played his whole junior career in his native country of germany he started out um well he got to the dnl which is a german development league he had the fourth highest point per game in a season in the league's history Next season, he played in the DNL, the under-20 league, and he led the league with a 2.62 point per game average. Um, He had 23 goals and 32 assists in only 21 games. This season, he played in the Dell, which is the top professional league in Germany. He's playing against men, but the Dell is weaker in comparison to, say, the the SHL, who we just talked about, as well as the KHL. So keep that in mind. He tore it up. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I know I say that Dell's not as good as these other leagues, but I mean, make no mistake about it. His production was very impressive. He had 34 points in 41 games. His point per game percentage ranked 24th in the whole entire league. And like I said, he's playing against men, and the kid's only 18 years old. So that's absolutely terrific. Um, he also scored five goals in only five games in the 2020 World Junior Championship. Trains of Stutzel's game is his playmaking ability offensively. He's probably one of the best playmakers in the draft. His passing abilities are elite, and his stick handling is also very – it's top tier. He's a very creative guy. Skating ability, great. Um, On par with Lucas Raymond as one of the best in the draft. Um, And I'm throwing a lot of great things at you, and another thing is his – Defensive abilities is tremendous for a kid his age. Um, playing in Dell probably helped because he's playing against men. But I mean, watching this guy play defense, you think he's not an 18 year old kid. But um, yeah, so that's that. Weaknesses: he does need more strength. He has nice height to him, but more weight could always help. Um, he gets too reliant on stick checks and stuff. By putting on more strength, he could play the body more, which would help him defensively. And Stutzel stick handling, although great can sometimes get him into sticky situations, could possibly turn the puck over. But um, besides that, I mean he's a really well versed player, and I could see why people have him rivaling Byfield as a second overall pick. He projects as a two-way, very two-way, both both sides of the ice, very good defensively, very good offensively, a playmaker. Um, I have him better than Raymond. I think his defensive abilities are better than Raymond's and I think his playmaking is about on par. So I have him as a better prospect than Lucas Raymond. He's going to have, he's going to have first line capabilities as well as if you want to put him on a second line, he'd be a great second line guy. And as I said, I have him on two at two. I have him above by field just because I think Byfield's slightly overrated due to his height and his age. But People could get in arguments about that. I could see Still S3, Byfield at two. I really think they're interchangeable. But um, yeah. So like I said, that's the three prospects I have for you guys. Um, and this takes us to the top 11 on my rankings, which is good for tonight. So enough about me talking about the prospects. Now we're going to move over to how the Devils should approach this draft. So now we know the Devils have the seventh overall pick. Who, what prospects specifically? Um, let's start with Chris. Do you want to see the Devils target with that seventh overall pick
1: yeah so i had a list of um just i had a basic ranking pulled up just to kind of see who is where um I, I doubt Stutzel will be there. Um, uh, he I, will I, not. Saw, yeah, I, I saw, I <laughs> saw, I saw, I saw a lot of what you were saying. I, I watched film on uh, yeah. a lot of the guys you were talking about. And, um, I, I agreed with your analysis on Raymond and Stutzel. And, and, uh, but around that spot, I mean, I could see Raymond being an option holds being an option. I know, uh, Ross, has been mentioned as well. Um, possibly Jarvis as well. Um, I prefer that they lean towards a winger, which uh, I mean, there's only one person there. I think that I mentioned that was a center. It was Rossi Um, between the, I know we're going to have a segment on this later. um, Raymond versus Holtz. But uh, I think any of those wingers would be a good choice, at least for that number seven spot.
0: Yeah, no, everything you said makes sense. Corey, who do you have?
2: Um, so I'm leaning more towards them going for a defenseman. Um, the one kid I've been looking at is this kid, Braden Schneider going rogue. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Against, yeah. Against the herd. Yeah, no, just cause I feel like the Devils need a stronger blue line presence right now. Cause like, what do they have right now on the blue line? Besides like PK, Subban, I mean, you got Severson back there as well, but I think they need a little bit stronger a blue line presence. And this kid has been showing me be a really strong on the blue line. He's got a big body. Um, He's six foot two um so i was i was i've been looking at him watching videos of him he's, he's he's looking pretty good so i think they should go for go for a kid like him strong blue liner
0: and this is at seven you're saying this their first pick? yeah yeah i think so all right Yeah, it's, Schneider. It's an interesting choice. I, yeah schneider i haven't studied yet he's on my list to get to um but i'm almost certain he wouldn't be more he'd be more of a later like 18th Overall ish part of the draft 20th. The defenseman that would be around seven is Drysdale if he somehow drops. Or uh, Jake Sanderson is another guy. Um, Corey, <laughs> I'd recommend watching videos on Sanderson. He's a very solid prospect. I think I spoke about him a couple episodes back. But, yeah, that's yeah, going to yeah, be I a did. fun conversation we're going to have about um, how you think the devil should approach draft here in a second. You think yeah, I, they did. Should I did I did inside? watch videos on
2: Sanderson as well, and he was definitely impressive. And it was another kid, uh, uh, Justin – I don't know if it's Barron or Barone.
0: Yeah, Justin Barron. He's uh, probably a yeah. later first-round guy. Um, he might drop in the second round, but yeah. Um, Caden so? Gooley. Yeah, Caden Gooley. What yeah. up Caden Gooley. He's a beast. Yeah. I didn't seeing them with the third first like, overall pick. I like He's what I saw in his
1: film. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, good stuff. Yeah, so for me, at the seventh pick, Marco Rossi is my number one guy. Um, he plays center, but, I mean, the guy's electric. Uh, Cole Perfetti would be another great choice, and Alexander Holtz. Those are my top three there. I don't think Lucas mm-hmm. Raymond's going to be there at seven. That's why I include him. Um, I think it's a bit too early for guys like Anton Lundell, Rodion Amirov, and Seth Jarvis at seven. So yeah. my three guys are Rossi Perfetti and Holtz there.
1: That's interesting because I I didn't think Perfetti would be there. So basically yeah. a similar reason to you, but uh, just kind of opposite. I mean, that kind of gotcha. shows how, how close all these prospects are. And they're good too. It's not like they're like average you know that they're this packed together they're all really good but they are just this close in terms of their yeah. rankings
0: <laughs> yeah 100 percent. once you get past the uh that like top three from four on down it's a mess there with these guys the rossi Raymonds, yeah. all these guys are I'd very love
1: tight. if he's available for sure
0: <laughs> yeah he's great um all right good stuff so now we're gonna talk more about um how the devil should focus the first round as a whole Should they Now, we're all basing this on if the Devils get three first overall picks, which would happen if the Coyotes either win their playing game or they lose their playing game and don't win that lolly for the first overall pick. And if Vancouver wins their first playing game, then the Devils get three first-round picks. Mm -hmm. So with this in mind, and let's say the Devils, they pick seventh. They pick, let's say, 11th with the Arizona pick, and their Vancouver picks 18th. Mm -hmm. So, Corey, you talk first because I know you said you want them to focus more defensive. So expand more on that. You want them to focus more defense with their first first round pick more later on. Uh, What about a goalie? If you're thinking mindset, would you want a guy like Asparov? Uh, well, uh,
2: yeah, de- definitely. For sure. So I was on the fence about having a goalie just because like there are we do have some decent goalies in the pipeline. But that's also me accounting for the fact of like we, we don't have Zane McIntyre Diamond Binghamton going forward if we can't re-sign him in the offseason here. So I, I, I am now leaning towards possibly getting another goaltender because, you know, if we look at back at, at this past season with Blackwood like, yeah, Blackwood was fantastic. But is that going to stay consistent? And we don't really have anybody else in the pipeline that's going to be showing like that's anybody that's proven to come up and really possibly replace him in a couple years if he needs to move on from the franchise or if he doesn't become the face of the franchise or whatever. So I've kind of been battling back and forth whether if I want them to go for a goaltender or not. And now I'm leaning more towards, yeah, maybe we should pick up another goaltender. Um, But I definitely think first overall going for a defenseman, they need somebody big on the blue line. They need somebody else who can, a big body who can take big shots who can who can battle for the pucks i i I think they definitely need somebody else on the blue line to pick uh, first overall but but going uh going after that i I was i was torn whether or not they should go for a goaltender or if they should go for another forward and now i've been leaning more towards the the goaltender side if they could land ask
0: that'd be amazing i highly doubt it's going to happen but we'll see Yeah, if they were to land we Askarov, it'd probably be at 7. Um, that's where he'd probably come yeah. in at. I don't see Askarov getting past I mean, the 10. Maybe if the Devils get lucky and that Yotes pick is around 11, they could snag Askarov there. there, maybe 12, but that's probably the farthest he's going to drop.
2: After after watching what I watched of Askarov over the past week, if it were to come down to it, like, hey, it was like a last-minute switch they had to make, and it came down, he was still available come number 7, Like I would I would switch right away and be like, okay, like let, let's go for him.
0: Jesus, yeah. Make no yeah, mistake, make about, mistake it. about it. Yaroslav Askarov is going to be a franchise netminder for whoever for drafts him. It just, yeah, just does, does a team, does wanna team want to take a, goaltender, a goaltender, goaltender that early. And that I'll really, talk about that about this uh, here his, in a second.
2: His lateral movement is insane.
0: Yeah. He's real. Yeah, yeah. He's really quick. That's his, uh, that's his game. But Chris, what are you thinking here? How do you want the delve to their approach to first round as a whole?
1: So I am very firmly best available, best available, best available. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, with those three picks, uh, forward for the first pick forward for the second pick and then forward for the third pick where you entertain defensemen um, I would say the only one that I think could possibly be around by that later third pick um, would be Gooley. Um I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right um, Gaten Gooley yeah that's yeah, what I think it is he's yeah. a
0: beast man
1: Yeah, he's he's a good skater for his size he's a physical D-man he, he's, I saw him go for some open ice hits which we haven't seen in a while yeah, he's um, a tough kid He's a, if he's available around that third pick, I would see the Devils entertaining taking him as a defenseman. And with one of those first three round picks, I would I would say it'd be the last one, um, just because mm-hmm. there's so many forwards that are like I said, they're they're so close together with how talented they are um, that you just can't pass up on them.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's all good stuff. Um, for me, it's forward, 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 and some more forwards, unless <laughs> a guy like Gouley's there with the third first-round pick. The first yeah. two picks, in my opinion, have to be forwards. So forward, depth yep. at the top of this draft is just astronomically deep you guys got like what we we're reading before: Rossi Perfetti Holtz Raymond there for the devil's in first you come around with the coyotes pick if that's somewhere in 11 you have guys like Seth Jarvis Anton Lundell Balsam Mercer Jack Quinn Rodion Amirov all gonna be probably available in that spot by no means Drysdale and Sanderson are gonna be great prospects but it the forwards man they're just too good to pass up this year it's just yeah. it's absolutely insane um, like i said if you want to get fancy with it and go no forward you want to go defenseman i wouldn't do it until their last pick in the first round and that's where you target a guy like kate yeah, I, I and I the yeah yeah um a guy like Caden Gooley. there's also guys here that um grands brandon shire the guy corey talked about those are the guys you're gonna see more with those that third pick the defenseman in the mid part of the first round coming back to this goaltender uh, conversation um not a lot of goaltenders get picked in the first round i'm looking at a list right now you had spencer Um,
1: Knight last year i think he might have been the only one
0: correct yeah you don't see more than one goaltender picked in the top in the first round even if you get that many sometimes turns to none just look at this list though i mean i'll read you some names malcolm suban jack campbell chet pickard uh jonathan bernier was a first round pick jack campbell was a first round pick al montoya not a lot of impressive names. Of course, there's that Carey Price name. Um, mm-hmm. Andres Vasilevsky is also there. Ilya Samsonovs, who's another Russian, who's on the capitals. He looks like he could be something. He looks like he'll probably be a starter in Washington going forward. Yeah, so there is chance. talent there. It's just, you could find goalies later in the draft. Like Mackenzie yeah. Blackwood, he was a second round pick and he's the double starter going forward. So mm. for me, you, you avoid the Aspera pick in the first round and by no means is ask a bad player. Like I said, he's going to be a franchise netminder. but with the forward death, I just think there's a, there's too much to pop up there. Um, but yeah, so that's where I stand there. Um, Corey's opinions differs in ours. He would love to see defenseman goalie, which he's entitled that opinion. Me and Chris, we, we disagree, but, um, It's all the fun of it. Good stuff talking about it. But all right, we're going to end this segment with I'm just going to sum up here what the Devils picks outside the first round look like. So, yes, they have the three first rounders, possibly. Um, They don't have a second rounder. They don't have a third rounder. So that after that first rounder, it's going to be you're going to be waiting a little bit. Yeah. So no second, no third. You have two fourth rounders. The Devils own one and one from Boston. And then you got a fifth, sixth and seventh. So two fourths, one fifth, one sixth, one seventh and the draft. The Sammy Votnin deal, they got a conditional pick in that, but I have absolutely no idea um, what's going on with that. So we'll keep you guys updated with that. I don't know if the Devils could get a pick out of that or not. I think the
1: last I heard, they haven't like decided on how some of those conditionals are going to go. And they're going to try and see if like the the general managers can work it out themselves before the NHL has to step in. I think that's kind of what I heard.
0: Gotcha. So, yeah, so that's that. That's how the rest of the picks form. So now we're going to move into our little debate here. We got the Alexander Holtz versus Lucas Raymond debate. So let's hear from Corey first. Out of those two, who would you prefer the Devils taking? And this would probably be at seven, and why? Uh,
2: probably Alexander Holtz. Um, just because he's got some hands. He's a sniper. Sniper. He's got a big body for his age, so I think uh, someone like that who's only he's only going to get more skilled in where he already is, and he's already got a pretty decent body behind him. So I think the Devils definitely need more size. We got a lot of players who are who are skilled at scoring, but they don't have the size to back it up. So I'm 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 a big big person who's behind uh, behind getting more size on the team.
0: That's good stuff, um, Chris.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the main uh, argument you have here is do you want a two way forward or do you want a sniper? Sniper. Um, I've watched film on both of these guys, and Holtz is definitely uh, his shot is what jumps out at you. It's very accurate. Um, yep. He knows his positioning where he needs to be, as all good goal scorers do. But he's, he's a really good two way forward from what I saw. Um, it, he did a lot of the little things that. Uh, are what would stand out to scouts um which to me is you know battling in the offensive and defensive zone uh back checking as, as hard as possible for a forward um he definitely epitomizes the forecheck, check back check paycheck philosophy um so I, I would say that's you're basically deciding between do you want to go with a sniper Sniper, Or do you want to go with a two way forward who's going to be very responsible in his defensive zone and come back and help and also uh, have that skill in the offensive zone, both with the playmaking and even though he doesn't have the same shot as Holtz does, it's still not bad. Um, I think that's kind of what you're deciding between me. I would lean towards Raymond actually right now over Holtz just because I think he's got a more rounded out, complete game. Um, and that's the only reason why
0: yeah chris you nailed it on the head there um we're on the same page again as you said raymond's uh he's way more the complete player he could do it both ends of the ice um defense is actually an area where Alexander holtz needs to improve it's not bad but it needs to be better um, Holtz also his skating ability is also another place that needs to get better and Raymond's skating ability is the complete opposite of that that's one of his strong suits um, at first I was a Holtz guy and especially yeah. given the devil's needs they're in desperate need of a sniper a goal scorer But I kind of almost got bullied into wanting Raymond over over Holtz just Mm because, I mean, people love the dude. Uh, Alex, who's at the blog with us, he gushes over this kid. Yeah. um, Yeah, I'm going to have to go Raymond. Yeah. and like I said it's they're two great players and I would not be disappointed with either and even though Holtz fits the Devils needs more you gotta go best player and available and I think in this situation it's Raymond
1: yeah I was I was watching both their films and uh, I was having a hard time for a while just deciding between the two of them because I'm like they both are different players and they both can definitely help the team but it was this one clip of Raymond just back checking like crazy and that that was when I made my decision I'm like okay uh, Raymond For that back check, like those are the little things that will put you over the top of someone else
0: yeah no fine, that's good guys stuff. fine <laughs> Corey, listen man you make great points <laughs> you make great points and i'm sure a lot of listeners are gonna agree with you how holds fits the need there's nothing nothing wrong what you what you said it just Corey's uh, got his uh, it own seems eye like it seems like me and chris are more <laughs> on the same one page one. tonight but um, <laughs> like i said nothing wrong with that but yeah um let us know what the listeners you guys think about the holds versus raymond debate this is one of the big debates and i'm sure i'll make sure i work in a uh a uh, Byfield and Stutzel debate. I know the Devils won't have the opportunity to choose either one, but it's a big debate that's taken the hockey Twitter by storm. Um, so, who's picking second again? The Kings, right? They're yeah. going to have a big uh, big a decision there between Stutzel and uh, Byfield, but that'll be for another time. Um, we're going to move into our current news segment. A lot of <laughs> news, man. I mean, for not a lot of hockey, a lot of stuff comes out each week. Yep. So, um, all right, current news. CBA talks per Andy Strickland on Twitter. Supposedly there is significant progress being made on a CBA extension is between the NHL and NHL PA supposedly rumored to be a six year extension that could be announced as early as the first week of July and hallelujah. See, that's my pronunciation issues, but <laughs> that's <laughs> great to right hear. There. That's great to hear. Um, no lockouts in the foreseeable future if the six year uh, extension gets finalized. So that's a cool little tidbit there. Um, if we hear about it we'll talk about it i but, think it's uh, just minor details there.
1: they're negotiating but i don't see yeah. why it wouldn't go through it just makes too much sense to sign it like the extension yeah. now
0: which is great Up city news um we didn't talk about this at all i don't know if we talked about this at all last week we should have i was but, um, so
1: close to being right oh my goodness yeah so
0: <laughs> vegas went from the 100 good choice to the uh i don't know because the cases are going up there to yeah that's probably going to be vegas um so that's the vegas part of it <laughs> vancouver and vegas were the two favorites for a while and then it came out this week vancouver pulled out of the talks and i think it had something to do with um something about crossing the border or something chris do you know anything about
1: uh from Hawaii? what uh, from what i heard it had something to do with vancouver not like the lee or anything like that because i know Canada is working with the NHL in general just to try and see if, uh, you know, Edmonton, another team in Canada could be a hub city. I think it was something more to do with Vancouver themselves. They kind of backed out of it from what I heard.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So Vancouver announced that, I think, just last night. Um,
1: yeah, because so. they were it seemed like they were locked in. It was going to be Vancouver and Vegas. I was ready to be all happy and say, you know, claim my victory um, that I was right for the hub cities. But uh, then Vancouver had to break my heart.
0: So, so that's that. Um, So, with no Vancouver, they want to be in Canada, and that leaves Toronto and Edmonton as the other Canadian cities. Mm -hmm. Now, if for some reason Toronto, Edmonton, Vegas doesn't work out, the finalists are, and this is per LeBron: Vegas, Edmonton, Toronto, L.A., and Chicago. Those are the finalists.
1: So surprising! It's like the most densely populated place in the country.
0: Yeah. So that's that. Um, but okay. Moving on. Hub city news. Good stuff. All right. This is going to get a little, <laughs> this is fun here. Devil's head coaching and GM updates. They come out every week and they get more and more disappointing. <laughs> I feel like
1: we're on a merry-go-round that's like going at 80 miles an hour.
0: Yeah. So Friedman announced as we knew Naz, Naz, La Violette, and Stevens, but this mystery candidate got finally announced. Drum roll, please. We got Rangers assistant, Lindy Ruff, baby. He's the mystery (laughs) candidate, Lindy Ruff. And as we were sitting here, I looked at my phone in dismay. I saw saw that too, yep. That Mm. Mr. Lindy Ruff, per Friedman, has supposedly a great chance at rolling. He's quote, I have heard that Ruff has a really legitimate shot at that job. Yep, That's what he said. And then our friends over at NHL rumors on Twitter, quote tweeted that tweet, and said "smokescreen season" in reference to, I guess, saying he doesn't really have a shot at a job. So,
1: well, this I don't is the, know what's going on uh, third there. Third or fourth coach we've hired in the span of two weeks. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on there. So, little background on Lindy Ruff. He's currently assistant Rangers. He supposedly runs their defense. I saw on Twitter. Don't know if that's true. Don't quote me on that. But. He was Buffalo's head coach there for forever, 15 years. And Corey, you yeah, speak on night. this in a second. Yep. 97 to 2013. That's, that's a while. Um, made a playoff eight times in these 15 years. Actually made a trip to the Stanley Cup final in 98, 99. Um, deep runs in four other of his eight, eight times with the Sabres. Keep in mind, Sabres were a different team back then. He then moved to Dallas in 2013. Coached there from 13 mm-hmm. to 17. Only made the playoffs twice. His teams in Dallas were very good offensively they were high tempo they their fancy numbers were offensively were one of the better in the leagues generating shot attempts their expected goals numbers were great their defense numbers not so much which is funny to say because now ever since he left out it's a complete 180 there their offense isn't good and they're a very defensive goaltending team so i don't know what that means yeah. but that's lindy rough Corey, you could add what you like i know you've watched lindy Ruff um because you've been watching hockey for a while now so go ahead
2: Yeah. So like if, if this were 15 years ago, I would be like, Absolutely, go for him, please, because like Lindy Ruff was just one of those coaches who was just incredible during that that time during the late 90s to the mid 2000s with Buffalo. I mean, he was absolutely incredible with that team. Now, yes, granted, that team was was stacked a lot differently than they are now, but his his track record, both as a player in Buffalo and as a coach in Buffalo, like he was amazing back then. So like yeah, like I said, if this were like 15 years ago, like yeah, I'd be I'd be all about it. But his play style, his coaching style it's too it's too out of date for what the devils need right now uh, i'm i'm not like in support of him being named the head coach if you know if it came down to it obviously i'd, I'd support it because he did have a track record with his history but now with the with how the game is played now and how different it is i i don't think he'd be a, a good fit or especially with how many young players are on this team right now
0: gotcha yeah that's good stuff and we're on this Congrats, Corey. We're on the same page. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of what you said is true. Um, Lundy Ruff, he's 60 years old now. I mean, his time as a head coach in the league for me has passed. And his offensive numbers in Dallas was a good sign, I guess, because that's the way the Devils would want to play that high-paced offense, shattering a ton. But we saw their defense needs work and lindy ruff hasn't had such a great time with defenses recently i mean the rangers defense is one of the worst in the whole entire That's league what I was gonna ask. um yeah rangers defense is not pretty but um yeah for me it's a no on rough chris your opinion here
1: yeah um I'm, I'm a no on rough as well i mean yeah it's pretty I, simple. <laughs> I was i went from you know okay cool we'll, we'll get on and then it was like all right La Villette's cool too And then it's like Rough I'm like Alright What is going on here What, what? Like <laughs> It's It's just Bouncing ball. It's Like what is going on Are we like deciding And then They're like I, I just don't even know But for me It would be a no on rough I, I would prefer to stick with uh Violette If that was an accurate smokescreen. Yeah. I don't even know what to call these things right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what pans out. For me, my ranking stand, Galant number one, L'Aviolette two, yeah. I have Stevens three, Ruff four, and the Naz number five. You guys agree? Yes. Like that? Yes. Uh, yeah. I,
2: I got I got La Villette as my number one, Gallant is my number two. And yeah.
0: we're back off Corey. I <laughs> do remember that. No, I, re- I remember Corey <laughs> showing his, he's been but, a mean, big the, Pete the, fan throughout these episodes. Yes, he has. So, uh, the, I, I the, saw that coming, I shouldn't have known that. <laughs>
2: The only thing I can say is 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 Lindy Ruff is owed a Stanley Cup. Like <laughs> he, he definitely is. I'm sorry. After that series with the Sabers in Dallas back in the day, like they they were robbed of a Stanley Cup back then. Red Hole no is goal. a legend. I'm sorry. Sab- Everyone will agree with me. Sabres, like Most of
0: the NHL will agree with me. That should have been no goal.
1: <laughs> it's all right. We, we got him for yeah, well, <laughs> you in
0: 2000. Yeah. Well, you want to feel old, Corey? I was born in 98. So. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, all right, yeah, so we're moving on here. And great news. This is the best news I've heard um, in a while. But uh, Flyers posted a picture of 23 year old Oscar Limbaum skating, skating for the first, for the first, time, first since time since he started cancer, cancer. Uh, treatments. And he's still undergoing those treatments for a rare blood cancer. Um, yeah, great to hear. That was an awesome picture. Made my day when I saw it. Um, so that's good news there. Um, so, Hall of Fame inductions, they were announced yesterday, which was Thursday. I got to remember we're releasing this a day after recording it but um yeah so they were announced Thursday Jerome and Marion Hosa, that's fine they get in I think they're well deserving there their first bouts hmm. Kevin Lowe got in who's an old-timer Edmonton defenseman I'll talk a little more about him shortly Doug Wilson is another old-timer defenseman correct Corey
1: yeah yep. he, he played
0: Um, Kim St. Pierre is the woman inductee. She did a lot of great stuff for Team Canada, I saw. So congratulations to her, well-deserved. And as well as Ken Holland, he was the builder, they call them, that also got inducted. Patrick Elias, second year on the bout, did not make it, as well as Alexander... Oh... All right, pronounce McGilney. This last name. McGilney. McGilney. Yeah, he, uh, he's on his 12th year on the ballot. 12 years on the ballot, and the man hasn't Dude, gotten in yet, that, which is crazy. That guy, he
2: deserves it. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. between I mean, between his track his track record in both New Jersey and
0: Buffalo, like that guy just he he should have been there years ago. Yeah. yeah, 2000 Cup winner, um, and then with New Jersey uh That was with New Jersey, of course. His yep. like production more came in Buffalo. He has the career numbers. He has a thousand thirty-two points in nine hundred ninety <laughs> yeah. games played. Yeah.
1: And Didn't supposedly he have, like, the two goals within like seven and a half seconds, like NHL record, basically, no, like the shortest time between two goals? I think
0: that's that's a cool yep. stat. The more you he know, sure but. does. Yeah, so you Yep,
1: <laughs> your boy is hockey reference. I got I, go. I got his I got his jersey hanging in my closet. <laughs> I don't need a website. Like a <laughs> I don't need Google
0: so um yeah and he also i read on twitter that he supposedly did a great job paving the way for russians to come over to the nhl oh yeah he affected yeah. um, well yeah he should have got in and it's disappointing to see and especially seeing all the even fans non dell's fans non sabers fans on twitter are a little upset about that over a guy like kevin lowe um uh, edmonton Oilers guy uh, maybe a little biased there but uh, his point per game for a defenseman wasn't really there. If you look at his stats, he did win six cups in Edmonton. But keep in mind, he may have been a little bit of a beneficiary of some guy named Wayne Gretzky. I don't know if you guys heard of him before, but he supposedly won a lot of Stanley Cups. But um,
1: yeah, he played with some other dudes like Mark Messier, Gary Curry, some no names. I don't know.
0: Yeah, um, he's 88th all time in games played, so he has that, and he's played 19 seasons. So I mean, I'm sure he deserves to get in. I just don't know if he deserves to get in over guys <laughs> like. Um, Alexander and uh, Mr. Eliash. But um, all right. Any other opinions you guys have on uh, this little Hall of Fame induction announcement that was on Thursday?
1: Yeah, I think McGillany should have definitely uh, gotten in. I mean, I for me, I I've always viewed McGillany as like he won a cup in New Jersey. His best years were not here with us. But he was, you know, he did his part. He was got the hardware. Uh, uh, he was a contributor, yep. He got his cup. It was with us. Um, and then when it comes to Eliash, I mean, I feel like he better not have to wait as long as Mogilney is. But um, it's, I mean, the guy's been overlooked, underrated his whole career. And it just seems like it's continuing into the Hall of Fame choice. <laughs> So I mean, fun
2: fact fun fact about McGilney there is he was temporarily sent down to Albany during a like a, a recovery stint there when he was he got injured and then he had to basically you know build himself back up to come back to New Jersey and he absolutely tore it up in the AHL. He scored like I think it was like four goals in one game and the next <laughs> game he scored like a hat trick. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: man. Yeah,
1: I think oh, I man. think for him getting put in a defensive system is why we didn't see the the kind of production that you probably saw in Buffalo so yeah
0: well good stuff Um, so that does occur news you guys have any other news you want to add oh how could I forget so on 31 thoughts the Friedman podcast um, they were talking about the devil's GM job and supposedly what I got from or what I think it was believed devil's insider basically summed up that the. Devils have been told by GM candidates that they need to hire a GM before they hire a coach. Imagine having to tell the front, the higher-ups of an organization mm, that.
1: This carousel just went from 80 miles per hour to like 120 <laughs> with no seat belts.
0: Yeah, so that was <laughs> oh. an extreme, 31 thoughts, and Devils Insiders, I believe, is the one that summed the interview up on Twitter. And basically, to say it again, to make sure everyone's like, yeah, I said it, <laughs> that's, that's what happened, that... GMs that are being interviewed for the jobs are telling the Devils you can't hire a head coach before you hire one of us. So that's what that is, and that means that they think now the Devils are going to hold off on their head coaching search before they get a GM. But I mean, what a what a mess, man! But I, that's I just, what I
1: wanted to add. In. I, I but, just I, I just wanted to stop. I, I feel like Jim halper <laughs> from The Office. I just wanted to stop. Yeah. Figure it out. Just figure it out. Figure it out. So
0: figure it out. Um, all right, we're moving on. Corey, let's hear it. A little Donuts and Dynasties action. Throw it at us. All
2: right, guys. Since we're on the topic of the lottery and the draft, I figured I'd take a little dive back into the history of the Devils draft results or the lottery results, I should say, and uh, uh, especially going back to the very first year of the Devils, the 1982 inaugural season. The Devils were actually awarded the uh, eighth pick in that season. But aside from that, they also had um, another first-round pick that year. So uh, it was two players. That they took in the first round of their inaugural season. Do you have a know those two, two players are? No,
0: I have no idea. All
2: right. So one of them was Rocky Trottier, and the other one was Mr. Devil himself, Ken Danico. So, so of the two, one was picked eighth, one was picked 18th. Do you know who was picked eighth and who was picked 18th?
0: I have a feeling that I'm thinking Danico was eighth, but I'm going to say 18th because I feel like that's how that works.
2: You would be correct, James So, go. yes, Ken Yes, yes, but But as, as, as far as Career-wise goes, there's a major Difference between the two players um, Big time would be The number of games played in the NHL uh, Ken Danico would go on to play 1,200 and I Believe, yeah, 45 1,245 more games Than Rocky Trottier would play uh, The guy only managed to Play 38 games in the NHL scoring six goals and four assists. So the very first pick the Devils ever had in their history ended up being a massive, massive bust.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't be the first, and it wouldn't be the last. No, 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 no,
2: it wouldn't be. And it's it's funny that you say that, Chris, because moving on uh, into the 1986 draft, the Devils would select a guy by the name of Neil Brady. They selected him first and third overall. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure I I remember a couple of names who went in that draft that we did not take. (laughs) It was pretty painful.
2: Yeah, so, but the thing was, is as honestly, Neil Brady was promising in the WHL. He actually ended up scoring 81 points in 72 games. So he, he was a promising prospect, but as soon as he was drafted by the Devils, he was sent to Utica for almost three years to play in the AHL. Um, when he got called up to New Jersey, he only dressed for 29 games, and eventually the Devils just gave up on him. And course, what are you doing him. to
0: us here in this segment? So we, we get the heartbreaker with the draft, draft liar, and <laughs> now you're talking about all the Devil Boston <laughs> team. What are you doing to us? Don't 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 worry. I'm gonna salvage it with the end. We we passed on some
1: no-name guys there too, right? uh, uh, Some some random dudes called like Ray Bork and uh Ron Francis. Some random dudes we passed on. Yep.
2: Good yes, yes, Chris, you make a a perfect point with that. I had that down here in my (laughs) nose.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I remember that draft being horrible because I remember the first time I heard about it, I was like, We did what? What?
2: So, so, yeah, Neil, unfortunately, only dressed for 29 games in New Jersey before they ended up giving up on him. And they ended up trading him to Ottawa, who was an expansion franchise at the time, um, for future considerations. So the guy goes from being first-round draft pick, third overall, to being traded four seasons later for future considerations. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Going on to 1990, I don't know if you guys know or not, but the Devils ended up drafting three goaltenders that year. And, of course, we all know that the mighty Martin Brodeur was -hmm. drafted that year. Um, But aside from him was was Corey Schwab and Mike Dunham. Now, Mike Dunham was drafted right behind Brodeur. And in 1995, we all know the Devils won their first Stanley Cup with Brodeur in net. Mm. But Mike Dunham won the Calder Cup with the Albany River Rats and he shared the pipes with Corey Schwab. Now no, little, that. Yeah. So it was funny because in 1995, when the Albany River Rats won the Calder Cup, both Corey Schwab and Mike Dunham were awarded the Harry Holmes Memorial Trophy, which was the uh, AHL's fewest goals goals allowed. And then they also were awarded the Jack A. Butterfield Trophy for playoff MVPs. So uh, going on with Corey Schwab, what was awesome about him is later on, he was called up in New Jersey and then he was traded to Tampa in 1996, spent a brief stint with Vancouver. And then he ended up going on to the IHL and the AHL for a couple years and then just kind of became like a no name. He joined the Maple Leafs camp um, in 2000 and ended up impressing them so much in camp that they signed him to a contract to back up Cujo there, Curtis Joseph. Um, and then he was he played really well in Toronto. And then in 2002, the Devils would end up re-signing him as a free agent where he would then go on to back up Brodeur for the next two years and then win the Stanley Cup with Brodeur in
0: 2003. Gotcha. gotcha.
1: Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I remember Corey Schwab backing up Marty at some point.
0: Yeah. That yep. Dunham name was thrown out when we had our first episode and I asked yep. Jersey number one, right? And I was like, yep. who the heck is that? Yep, yep.
2: Yeah, so going back and, and like it's it's very funny because we were talking about drafting goalies and stuff. And it's kind of funny that back in 1990, you know, the Devils ended up drafting like, you know, Lou Lamarello ended up drafting three goalies in, in that, that draft. <laughs> Good stuff. And, and, all, and, and all of them would go on to have major
0: success with the franchise. Yeah, that's uh, interesting stuff. Like like I said, I'm a youngin, so all this information you tell us on these history <laughs> segments is all brand new news to me for the most part. So I'm really glad we have it on. And I'm not sure of the demographics of our listeners, their age, but I'm sure if there are other youngins like me, they're uh, learning a lot from it. But that's good stuff, Corey. Well, thank you. All right. So we're going to move on to the mailbag section. Thanks for sending your questions in. So, we're going to ask, uh, we're going to talk about three questions. The first one is from Andrew on Twitter, and he asked, it was a variation of should the Devils trade up in the draft, um, whether it be move higher in round one or trade into the early parts of round two? Because, as we're well aware, the Devils do not own second or third round picks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Corey, what you got here? You think the Devils should try to trade up or stand pat?
2: Uh, yeah I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they should should make any risky moves at this point. Just stay where they are. Work with what they've got.
1: Uh, yeah, Chris, I agree. I'm um, I'm I'm moving back onto Corey Island here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think the Devils should trade away or move any of their three picks. Um, I do think they should try and move into the second or third round somehow. Uh, but I think with how deep this draft is, especially up front in the in the beginning, the, the price of moving up is just going to be really high just for anyone. And if they do move up, they better be a thousand percent sure that, you know, one who they're taking and what they're getting. So for me, it's, yeah, a, it's a now try and get into the second or third round, but but keep those three firsts. <clears throat>
0: this is the most important draft probably in devil's history if they have all three first round picks. Yeah. Um, so they can't risk doing that. I'm also in agreement with you guys how I don't think they should move up. However, I wouldn't be opposed if they do have three first round picks and that Vancouver pick, I wouldn't be opposed to them moving back with that pick. It just Um, depends
1: who's available. Really? Yeah. If they move back
0: with that pick, you think, you either move deeper into the first round or even add a second-round pick, early second-round pick, maybe a third-round pick because, of yeah. course, they don't have any picks in there. There's a lot of talent there towards the end of the second um, – or I'm sorry, towards the end of the first, early second. Some names I'll throw at you. Ronnie herner he's uh, – I talked about him last week, small guy. He'll be a decent playmaker in the league. William Wallander is a defenseman with a ton of upside but a ton of risk. Brandon Schneider, who we've talked about in the pod already, I see him possibly being a late first round pick. Lucas Reichel is a really good scorer from the DEL, um, mm. the German top league, and also Hendricks Lapierre are all guys you could see in the later first round, um, early second round. Um, this draft's really deep, and especially in that area, there's going to be a lot of guys that should have went in the first round that go in the early second round. If the Devils could somehow trade back and it works, yeah. By all means, pick up a second rounder. Um, also, the guy that asked this question mentioned something about what assets would you want to trade not trade for the Devils to move up. For me, they don't really have the assets to do something like this. Yeah. They talked about trading Miles Wood. If they still want to do that, they could probably get a decent pick for him. They talked about trading Kyle Palmari, but that doesn't seem like a likelihood anymore. So they really don't have any assets to make a move up. But, um, yeah, they yeah.
1: pretty much moved all their assets at the deadline.
0: Yeah, and that, so... All Question number two. Um, so this was a Jack Hughes related question. It was a really thought out, um, long question that Jeremy typed on Facebook. So I appreciate it, Jeremy. Basically the sum up of it is explain how Jack Hughes struggled this year, especially on the face off. I think he referenced how Hughes' his face percentage was in the low forties. Yeah. He asked, should Jack Hughes be moved the wing until he gets comfortable? And if he gets moved the wing, should the team sign the center? Um, Chris, go ahead. Give us your opinion on this. Should you just move the wing and should the devil sign a center?
1: So, um, James, you know, you know, this, I've talked to you about this before, but, uh, as, as a player, for me, you can play any forward position, uh, as long as you understand their responsibilities. Um, center is a different position than, than wing. Uh, but as long as you understand what each position is meant to do and what their responsibilities are in the system you're playing, you can play that position. Uh, I would not move Hughes to a wing just because he's very dynamic and he's very fast. He can drive the pace of play uh, into the zone. I think we looked at his numbers too. Uh, whenever he was on the ice, the Devils were very good at gaining entry into the zone uh, through holding on to the puck, not just doing like a dump and chase. Um, so I, I think that it, it's fine to leave him at center. He'll beef up during the offseason, and we'll, we'll see that help in different areas of his game, both in the faceoff dot and just not getting bullied around by, you know, guys who are twice his size. Um, I don't think it's necessary to move him to the wing and sign another center. Um, they – you could do it, but I just don't see a reason for it. He, he's a natural centerman, uh, and that's what we drafted him for. We drafted him for a one-two punch of Nico and Jack, whatever order you want to put him in for a second line uh, for the future.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so... I agree with not moving Jack to winger. Um, but if you guys remember correctly, they did experiment with that this year. Yeah, and it was yep. too long of an experiment because it was absolutely horrific. He somehow yep. put up worse numbers as a wing than he put up that center. We know, unfortunately, he did not put up good numbers in his primary position. <laughs> uh, I do not think moving him to wing would be such a good idea, mainly because of this reason. They tried to the experiment and unfortunately did not work. And Chris, like you said, um, Nico's first year as a center, his faceoff numbers specifically weren't all that uh, – Impressive. Yeah. And Corey, I know you explained how this year something that impressed you about Nikos, his face-off percentage skyrocketed. Is that what, 50-something yep. percent? A little over yep. 50%. And Chris, you said it, Hughes has to bulk up. When he bulks up, he'll be a better center. You just got to have a little yeah. patience. I think we'll see a big bounce back year for him this year. Let's knock on wood and really hope. <laughs>
1: yeah. But um, And if we're going to yeah, compare him to Nico, you know, remember too, that Nico's rookie season, he played either with Hall and Brat on his wings or Hall and Palmieri, whereas Hughes played with basically someone new every game.
0: Yeah, I wasn't, I was just kind of comparing them in the sense of how their face off percentage, how centermen's mm-hmm. face off percentage, will go up over their career because Nico and Jack, we know they're two totally different players, but yeah. um, as for signing a center, um, with my opinion of keeping Hughes in the middle, next year's centerman should be the most set thing on the depth chart, doubles depth chart, and probably their mm-hmm. deepest with Nico, Hughes, Jack and Zaka. That's a, not yeah. a great... Four centers, but it's good. I think it's yeah. a low above league average, so that's good to know. Yeah, Corey, your opinion on this the matter? You think you should stay out at the uh, uh, stay up uh, stay centerman? Up centerman. Uh, I, I
2: you you are both welcome to stay on the island with your opinion on this one. <laughs> 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 uh, no, no, I I don't think you should be moved at all. It, it was it was Jeremy who submitted the question, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. All right, all right. So Jeremy, thank you for the question. Keep it coming. But in all honesty, give the kid a break. It was his first year. Like, honestly, yeah, he's going to struggle in some areas, but I think he's just one of those players we're going to see just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger as long as we keep him playing the position he needs to be playing. Um, Like you said, it was a nightmare when they moved him to wing and just keep him keep him on center, keep building his confidence with the team. Aside from him being young, he got brought into a team that was full of drama this year, too, and I know that shouldn't affect a player at all, but there was a lot of drama on this team with the Taylor Hall situation, with the coaching situation, with the GM situation, everything. So I think I think just give this kid a couple more years and he's gonna be solid centerman. So
1: I, I wouldn't you know. even say years. I'd say he's ready yeah, next no, season, sure. season after that, latest.
0: No, yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, thanks Jeremy for the questions. Really thought out question. Um, good question. Yeah, that was on yeah. Facebook. Keep them coming. Yeah. So last question we're gonna talk about is from TJ on Twitter. TJ asked who the Devils should pick with their lottery pick. We already discussed that, so I kind of mended the question to read. Give me your three players pretending the Devils. Well, we know they have the seventh pick. Uh, say the Devils get the eleventh and seventeenth. Give me your three players you want to see them use on each of those pick. Uh, Corey, give me them. Ideal. Oh.
1: Did we say God. eleven and seventeen? What? Yeah, we're gonna to 7, gonna skip the eleven first and seventeen. No, okay, so do, do, all do three. the first okay. one
0: okay. through. Yeah, okay. seven, 11, 17. Give me uh, okay. three players. Three players? Oh God.
2: If you don't have them, don't, no big deal. Just no, yeah, throw some I, names I, out there. I, yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. Like, I, I mean, I'm still leaning on the fact that I think no matter what, the Devils should should think defensive minded when they come drafting this year. So, I mean, I, I can't, I can't think of any specific players in those positions, but. No,
1: yeah, that's, that's no problem. Yeah, I, I would say I'm Team Raymond for the seventh overall yeah. pick, and if they end up picking at 17, I am Team Ghoulie. So it's kind of that middle pick that I still need to figure out. And there's forward? two. Yeah, it's gonna be a forward. Yeah. Forward for sure. You gotta get forward, it's, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be a forward. It's just whether it's Rossi, nah, or uh, who's, off who's off available. Get off. get off. Yeah, get off anyway. Fine, <laughs> so I start my own island, bro. You're not invited. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it'll be a forward. It's it's just really, it depends who's available. I mean, it'd be great to see Raymond and Rossi as an example. And then... Um, yeah, they'll
0: be the seventh guys. I mean, Gould is um, really
1: the only defenseman I would take with that third round look, or the third first. Look, so if it's look, not him look, it'll look, be another four after that.
2: As we've been talking here, I've been sitting up pulling up little YouTube videos on Ghouli and I'm like I'm I'm being sold. So Yeah, you saw you saw the boom boom? <laughs> yeah. You saw these guys yeah. getting
1: signed up for train tickets they didn't know they purchased. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm I'm being sold on this kid. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so for me, um I'm a big Rossi guy. Uh I have him as my number one for uh, number one for seven, of course. That might be low little realistic, so mm-hmm. um my Next guy is of course a forward, and it's just a hodgepodge of different guys. Um, yeah. For me, my main target here would be Seth Jarvis or Anton Lundell. Um, Jarvis and Lundell—they're both great players—and then seventeen would be. My number one choice would be another forward. Um, someone got like a, a Rodion Amirov. I know I said gave three players, but I'm breaking my own rules. Um, Rodion Amirov, Mercer, <laughs> um, Jack Quinn at that 17, of course, might be a little unrealistic, but one of them has got to be there. And if I had to pick a defenseman, King Gouley, it's just, man, it, I see this on Twitter, and people are so in agreement with Corey about this defense, and it just makes me so angry for yeah. some reason.
1: I, I mean, like for me, can. based off what I Come see, good. Ghoulie's the only one who I Thank see you. being available with that third first round pick that I'd be comfortable Which taking be with, that with that third first trail. round pick.
0: <laughs> I'd be fine with Ghoulie as the third first round pick, and that's if a guy like Mercer or Quinn aren't there, but I, yeah. mean, I don't know, man. I can't
1: see defense, <laughs> yeah, especially uh, the first uh, group, man. I'm not team but. D with those first two. No. <laughs>
0: All right, enough it,
2: it, of that. It, you we'll know, move on. it could it 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 could it could be us old school fans who lived in the era
0: of a defensive Devils team. That you know, yeah, that's <laughs> probably exactly what it is. But, um, and people, I know they say the Devils' defensive death is so bad. The Devils just drafted like 700 defensemen in last year's draft. How many those like second and third round picks? They had a ton of them. They were lo- I used a lot of them on defensemen. But um, all right, we're moving on. <laughs> so uh, last segment of the night, we are going to be talking about two devils pending free agents. It's the last unrestricted free agents of Binghamton players. We got Brandon Baddock and Zane McIntyre. We'll talk about McIntyre first. And we did a little bit on the last podcast. I'll give you some background on him. McIntyre was of course acquired from Louis Domingue. It was a one for one deal from the Canucks uh, at the deadline this season. Um, he's a 28 year old, still kind of young. He played in four games with Binghamton did absolutely terrific in nine seven seven save percent. Of course that isn't a, uh, sustainable number but he played well before he played in utica he was also very uh he did very well in providence in his first couple years in ahl a 914 and 930 and back to the years in providence he did struggle a bit in utica um hit 894 and 898 which aren't all that impressive um i know the ahl is more scoring but still those numbers aren't all that great um maybe a change of scenery for me was great with um mcintyre he yeah. put up great numbers in those four games I wouldn't be opposed to him bringing – because you need a veteran goaltender down there. You're going to have Giles Sen down, Gilly Sen down there, and you're going to have either Evan Cormier, maybe Akira Schmidt. I don't know if he's ready yet. You're yeah. going to need that third veteran guy. Yeah. I think that's going to end up being Corey Schneider. So if that's the case, I would not bring back um, McIntyre just because my three would be Schneider, Cormier, and Sen or Schneider, Sen, and Schmidt. Um, because I don't think the devil's gonna buy Corey out. If they do, we talked about that last episode, that's fine and bring McIntyre back because like I said, a couple times, you need that veteran going down there, mm-hmm. McIntyre fits that. Um Chris or sorry. Corey, I know you're you're a big fan of McIntyre, so I'm assuming you'd wanna see him brought back. And if yeah. Corey's is brought back, would you oh, still, want him, still want him back? I feel like that'd be like too, many too many vets down there. Vets down there.
2: Yeah, and and that's where I think we're going back to our last episode where we were talking about the, the loan situation, where mm-hmm. like you know where it, it could possibly happen where we see Corey Schneider loaned off. I don't really think that the Devils should give up on McIntyre. I think they should definitely re-sign him, keep him down there in Binghamton to keep keep that veteran goaltender leadership going down there because we do have some good goalies in the pipeline, and they're going to need that leadership going forward. And I, I, I like I don't know if just hanging on to Corey Schneider. For that specific purpose is is good. I think just giving him an opportunity to go someplace else and and play and get a good number of games in and just kind of fulfill his need to play would, would be good. But I think if you put him down in in, in Binghamton with the the goalies that are down there, Schneider is going to like he's not going to ride the bench, but he's not going to see as much playing time because they're, they're going to want they're going to want to see the young goalies get that's playing really time. That's
0: Kelly's team next year. Yeah, gotta, yeah, so, he's, that's his team yeah. next year.
2: So, and I think having someone like, like McIntyre there would would be smart because you're not going to want to have Schneider down there sitting on the bench in, in Binghamton. You're going to want to have him loaned off to a team that needs a goaltender right now to play games. So, and, and that's where I think like you know it, that that loaning situation could come into play. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. You know, it, it might not at all. So it's kind of a toss up what could happen right now. But I like McIntyre. I, I I got to watching him a little bit with the Utica games because I started following Reed Boucher. Again. Again, our, our old buddy reed there because he has been absolutely tearing it up and scoring in, in the ahl and utica he just, he just signed just, in the uh
0: yeah yeah i, I didn't
2: I, I didn't read that no but he was just tearing it up with yeah. utica and the ahl so like I, I got to watching his highlights and i got to watching the highlights of their games and seeing mcintyre back then and like you know i was happy to see the devils picked him up and was you know was hoping they would kind of keep him around for a little while
0: Gotcha. Yeah. No, that all makes sense, Corey. I mean, it's kind of funny to say, but one of the more interesting things for me is going to see what happens with that goaltending uh, room down in Binghamton next year. Um, Chris uh, McIntyre opinion, anything you want to add?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would want to keep him. Um, We know he wasn't stellar in Vancouver. um, So when we first got him, we kind of looked at the numbers and we're like, oh, okay. So I would I would want to keep him down there. Um, I think the the big question mark here is just the whole Corey Schneider situation because I don't see is I don't see a way where he ends up in Bing. Like he's either gonna be a Devil or he's not involved with the organization. Like I don't see a, a way where he ends up back in Bing um, and who the Devils would bring up in that situation. Uh, again, we talked about last podcast. You know, we'd be probably looking at free agency for that. But I think <clears throat> yeah, having McIntyre to. stay in Bing, you know, it's not a bad thing uh, to have three tenders down there. And I think Corey even nope. enlightened us last week that they do three goaltenders active on the roster. Just two of them. at yeah, all times they got three. Yep. Yeah, so. Yep.
0: All right. Yeah. Good stuff. Like I said, very interesting what they're going to do down there with the goaltending uh, room, but all right, moving on, Brandon. So he's a, uh, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's a group of six unrestricted free agent. It's Some fancy term for a 25 year older with three professional seasons under belt and not more than 80 games played. So if you ever get asked a trivia question, what a group of six unrestricted free agent, there you go. You learned it from devil's arm cast, but all right, Brandon Baddock, 25 years old we get a cut of the prize money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh use this us <laughs> on your, uh, what do they call that? The line use a line or whatever they do on most yeah. game shows, but <laughs> he's a 25 year old AHL grinder, tough guy, man. Um, he actually actually played a line one role with McLeod and baston bastion there for a while, which didn't really make sense and kind of hurt my eyes watching him play there. But he had 15 points in 50 games last year, he had 114 penalty minutes. Once again, he's a tough guy down there. Um, speaking of tough guys, uh, going on next week maybe we'll talk about that later but um yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh <laughs> hl totals for bingham to, uh, Baddock his whole career 170 games only 32 points and 377 penalty minutes um so what he does for binghamton he brings a tough presence which all hl teams need i know the hockey's getting away from that but they hl sometimes could get nasty so you do need that feisty presence down there. Someone tough. At least that can he's take care of guys. with the
1: penalty minutes. I can see that.
0: Yeah. Um, so devils don't have that in Binghamton outside of baddock. Um, I, for me, his scoring and his play on a night to night basis. I watched the HR a lot last year and it was not pretty watching him on the first time. I don't know what was going on there, but his play doesn't warrant it to be brought back, but his style does just cause the devils don't have anyone else in that role. Um, if they bring him back in a bottom six role like he should and in that tough guy role, bring him back. I'm totally all for it. But if you're going to force me to watch him play in the top six role again, no thanks. But um, Chris, what do you have to say here?
1: I, I think you treat him like you would anyone at the pro level. You know, you got to see if he's taking away time from uh, other players we could have within the organization. Um, I agree with what you said about having that tough presence. Um, I think they could go either way with this one. I wouldn't be surprised to see him let go. I wouldn't be surprised to see him Kept, but I think it's It's more of of just analyzing. You know, who do we have in the system? Who do we need to get playing time? Is there anyone out there that maybe, you know, undrafted free agent? Let's say that we could give a shot. You know, it's it's one of those situations.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, Corey. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys on this one. Like, as, as much as like, again, like I, I'm, I'm for having size in this organization, he's just someone who I'm like, like, like you said, James, like seeing him in the top every single night out there. Like, like I it was, it was not fun at all. He's, he's not, I, I hate to say it, but he's not deserving of that area he's yet. Not.
0: No, I don't think he'll so, ever be. Um, no. I think he's a career bottom, uh, bottom six guy in the HR, which is perfectly fine. And right, that's fine. I just, you know, but All right. Yeah. So that was Baddock and Mr. McIntyre. So next week we're going to further this segment, but we're going to start talking about the restricted free agents in the AHL. We've knocked out all the UFAs, but that's where the segment will go next week. Now it's going to get spicy. uh, Next week we are having our first out of house, out of house guest. Is that correct, Corey? Yes, indeed we are. Holy fish moly. if we gave a little hint before we said something about tough guys, I don't think we want to tell them who it's going to be though. Do no, we want to see that announcement? No, no,
2: no. All right. All right. You know, so yeah, we'll maybe, save it.
0: We'll save
2: it. Let the fans guess. Let them, let them,
0: let, let them, keep, um, uh, let
2: them stay curious.
0: <laughs> all right. So, um, so that's all for this episode. Um, I just want to say something. I saw something on Twitter, which I thought was a pretty fun point. I'll read the tweet real quick. Yes. Uh, so this tweet I'm referencing is from Corey Masaic. He's a great – he does great work for The Athletic. He's a devil's beat writer. He said, if you are a – well." I don't think glass half full person is the right phrase, but there's a path for the New Jersey Devils to have three shots at the number one pick next year that remains on the table. So what he's saying by this is if the Coyotes um, win the first overall pick, that would shift the pick to 2021. And if the Canucks win their first playing game, that would also shift that pick to 2021. Both teams, if they're bad next year and both lottery teams and the Devils are, not, unfortunately, I don't know how Devils will be next year, but Three chances at the first overall pick. Three lottery picks next year confirmed. I don't know, man. It's something to think about. But, um...
1: Yeah. But... I think hey. the, the thing is that Arizona and, uh vancouver are both teams that should be moving forward they should yeah that's another conversation i mean
0: (laughs) that's an interesting conversation to have but if that happens then we'll have the conversation but we'll move on from now um hey nhl way to screw everything up tonight that was a real real shame you had to do that and operate like that because that was real real unfair of you guys but a lot of people are not happy and i just want to say the people that think it's fair which are probably the fans of the playing games um like the fans of the team in the playing games that could lose. Shame on you guys. But <laughs> yeah. That's enough out of me. Um, we're going to end it here.
1: We have shouldn't have traded away week. Taylor Hall. We should have kept him.
0: Yeah, just for that reason. <laughs> so have a good week. Boys, have anything to end out with?
1: Let's go devils. We got screwed, yeah. but there it, it is. It's it's all
0: right. All right, fine, guys. I know you're really wondering who the guest is going to be, so I'll tell you. Ready? Get ready. It is...